It's overcast. It's Elliot Smith weather today in Los Angeles, but I'm happy to be back. TJ, how are you feeling? Wait, you're in LA? I didn't know that. That's right, bitch. I came back yesterday. It's it's it's. I'm catching flights, not feelings. You know the vibe. Okay, I knew that you caught flights and feelings, not feelings. I just didn't know that you caught a flight yesterday. That's right. The world moves fast. Did you have a good flight? <sighs> was it on a new Delta airplane or an old one? No, it was on a new one. Mercifully, I was I was tucked in, tucked into my little uh, pod using my computer uh and not turning on the entertainment system once um but i did notice uh quite a lot of my fellow passengers watching the uh king richard film mm-hmm. um which I, I i feel like is probably seeing a nice little streaming uptick we call that the oscar effect it's been happening for maybe decades if not centuries i see i see i, I was i didn't realize that once a movie kills it at the oscars okay so once you win an oscar for best actor then people finally watch it <laughs> well is that what you're saying i don't know i mean i think of a decent amount of people watched that movie when it came out right i did not but i watched it on the airplane and and i did enjoy it i know i don't know why i just can't get myself to watch it i i would rather watch californication reruns or the office on the plane then californication that's an interesting rare pull absolutely fantastic show i was thinking today on my run how that sometimes in my mind's eye when i think about los angeles that's what i Mm -hmm. that's what i see you know like Mm -hmm. like walking through a shitty bodega in west hollywood you know buying some wine and marlboro lights you turn the corner and there's just a hot surfer chick in a bikini (laughs) and you know that that's what la that's what la should be like but that that show Ven- the city of Venice plays itself on California. Yeah, no, so I know, choose I know. your words wisely. Because- no, but it's a but it's a good. It's a great. That's that's a great fucking show. You know, there's. I had a weird moment because obviously I watched that show when it came out, and there was an episode or like a little bit of a, a C storyline where he was. Um, he was uh, having sex with a girl. I know that was a common trope on on the show. No, 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 bro. Are you kidding? Are you saying he would, that? Yeah, Duco- he would lay down. Duchovny's he a would lay down man? with various women on the show. And one of them was a girl that liked to punch him. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 of course. Okay, so to... the the girl that liked to punch him, Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. she is a former child actor. Mm-hmm. She played like the five-year-old girl on television's infamous sitcom, The Nanny. Oh, so wow. The, the Nanny came out. It, they're, they're like showing it on HBO. And some, it's one of those shows where like they'll sneak in a good actual, you know, actually a good joke into like a whatever sitcom, you know, it's, you throw it on, there's crazy outfits and references, Mm -hmm. but the, the five-year-old daughter is that child actor. And I was like sitting watching the nanny, you know, baked like an Alaska, like (laughs) I know this bitch. Baked like Alaska. Oh yes. I have, I've seen her, um, having a rape, uh, rape fantasy (laughs) on Showtime Network. That's how I know this five-year-old. Well, I want to be clear, Jason actors have to act you know what i mean i know sometimes you get confused but but like I, well it is more of the thing of like i saw you first in you know doing a nude sex scene involving physical violence yeah yeah and now i'm seeing you for a second time <laughs> in saddle shoes yeah, okay. and uh and you're supposed to see it i see you want to see it the reverse way so it makes sense i don't know if i want so to see of, <laughs> this person as a five-year-old at all <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Amazing, okay. you know, great acting chops. The whole cast was a rock solid cast, but it was it of was course. still a little disturbing to be like, how do I? She looks so familiar, and then the source of the familiarity is I is, understand is a little dark, but that's fine. I I like the best part of Californication season one is when he has sex with his ex 
ex-girlfriend's husband's daughter oh yeah uh, Mm -hmm. accidentally which Mm -hmm. is just and it's just kind of like shit you know he's not (laughs) there's no actual consequences except like she steals some of his creative writing for class because he can't get mad you know what i mean i'm like this is really this is truly a different time nothing says more of a different time they they, they say like a, a pilot episode of a tv show all you have to do is make somebody want to watch the next episode that's kind of what it is so it's mm, like mm. there's a cliffhanger there's a hook there's something that reveals itself in the third act where you're like oh I, this is a, a ride that i want to hop on yeah and for that show it was david Duchovny, legendary stick man and we have to hang on to see what he's going to do for the next six years he's no bj but he is no he's up there no, no. he tried and he failed um but tried. yeah it's good to be back. i mean this weather is killing me but it's good to be back uh It'll be you know 90 the, in, in a week or less you know, the, you know the big apple takes it out of me jason you know it, it looked gives, chilly over there in the in the hills of brooklyn man it was absolutely it was absolutely snow covered fr- hills of Greenpoint. it was absolutely freezing in crown heights is what i heard i didn't make it out there but i did mm-hmm. hear that that was the case 72 and sunny over there in the lower east village right i had to use my i had to use my uh custom-made leather gloves uh you know to, oh yeah you love pulling those out don't you i do i do I, you're like oops i guess it's cold that, <laughs> yeah and if you keep talking like that i'm gonna slap you with them too uh but yeah so i i i was happy to be back and then it was you know yesterday i got a little bit of sun i got a workout in with hunter so it wasn't a total wash you know what your I mean? life was not a total wash well i yes i mean in the, while you were gone I was facialized. Did you know that? <laughs> I, I, I don't want to talk about your U-porn search history on this podcast. All right. I think that's false, Chris. I think you kind of do. <laughs> Thanks to the good people over at Neiman Marcus Beverly Hills, the the good people at Rev, Revive, Revive. I don't know how it's pronounced. Down south, down south, we call that needless markup. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. Needless markup? That's what we call it down south. That's right. So you got whole paycheck, needless markup. Uh-huh. What uh, where what I feel like there's got to be one more to kind of have the rule of thirds be completed. There's definitely more, but I haven't lived there in so long and, and that's and, a joke trope that doesn't work for you as somebody who likes to pay full price for everything. A needless markup is a welcome sign to you. That's exactly right. I hope they're I hope they're doing a 60% instead of 50, you know what I mean? But <laughs> how do you how do you look? Less like shit or the same? Slightly less like shit. Yeah, it was um <laughs> it was it was a I I felt like a princess even though I I was busy and I didn't have time to to go get a facial sometimes you have to make time you squeeze you squeezed it and i know you were sitting you told me you were sitting at the you know i i believe the this is funny because i when we had we had this crazy uh notary mm-hmm. when we dealt with our mortgage and she kept talking about the bar on fifth fourth on oh, fourth the bar on fourth she's like you got to go there i'm like what the fuck are you talking about mm-hmm. and then you're tapping in eating chili at the bar on fourth with lisa vanderpump is that not what i is that not what i saw and and lisa vanderpump's baby daddy whatever his name is the guy who's 116 <laughs> years old <laughs> yeah look he's a look look he's up there in age but he's kind of swaggy and he knows he's much like you what's her name or his name oh why can't i think of his name you got lisa vanderpump she does like uh fire insurance fraud i heard and then you got her husband and then her husband's ken, diaper ken no ken's diaper is full and she will change it but i think 
I think Loki. Ken was walking around looking at the um, <laughs> at the McQueen sneaker section, and he did look like he had a little something in there. Yeah, he. It's changing time. Did you send? A, did you send a skinny girl over to her, or did you just stare? Obviously, the vendor pumps ex- drink a diet exclusively of of Diet Coke. That's the only Good liquid point. that they put into Lim- their body. Limit, lemon, lemon, or no lemon. Oh, big fat wedge of lemon. Hell yeah, yeah. You got to ask for a big. Squeeze. Wiser Farms lemon, I think it was. A, it was actually really. Wow. but there was i didn't didn't send anything over it was (laughs) it was kind of it was such a strange thing because this was like it couldn't be at a less busy time for any business restaurant retail whatever it is this was like a a 3 p.m in the middle of the afternoon tuesday at 3 p.m so like they don't serve dinner it's they do like a little lunch business but almost every seat at bar on fourth was was full Every person was obviously a complete character. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the rich old old grannies, head to toe Chanel. You have random scammer dudes. You know, mm-hmm. you have me sitting with my laptop, and I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'll have a, a, a you know, a nice Gibraltar with whole milk, and I'll just sit here and edit my podcast, and I'll be a happy camper. And then there was a bartender who was like, "You're getting a double." blood orange margarita and that's that do they give it did, did this bartender give it to you for free or did he he or she oh this was everything was on the house thanks to my my number one dog mary kate over at over at neiman Marcus. yeah mary 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 kate uh yeah i would love to I, i'm just wondering where my invitation is uh and mary kate and, she's a she's a fan of the pod i don't worry I, I i brought over i sent her a nice dad hat and she was happy but i think mary kate since she's a, a big fan of the show she knows that chris hates the fans and and won't respond to the dms you know i don't hate them if she's bringing something to the table that's a very different thing i i only have one room one mary kate in my life right now mm-hmm. and um you know this you know that movie our guest today he's into f- film directing and stuff there's that movie twilight there's like the team edward <laughs> yeah, team yeah, yeah whatever exactly. yeah exactly you know there's she's team, team there's team there's team black and there's team tj that's just you might no, you're have right to, you no know, you're right and that's fine. it's a I'll, tough pill to swallow i'll take the l on this and i'm more of a bio biologique recharge chick anyway oh come on that's petty chris (laughs) the smell of jealousy and placenta is strong in here it's it's coming it's wafting through the sm57 well yeah i gotta say it was i mean i i definitely plan i mean and the best part about neiman market the valet is three dollars you go there you get baby you get shit housed at a bar (laughs) and then you just slink into your fucking car at the valet Pay the guy three bucks. You give him a fiver. He's like, "Mamma mia, today is going to be a good day." You know. Meanwhile, horse the valet at horses. I got to take out a reverse mortgage <laughs> on my house to cover that shit. And the guy parked it across the street. <laughs> Shout out to horses. You guys rule. It's a it's a light fifteen. I I want to quickly. I mean, before we introduce our guest, I I wanted to talk about our big plans uh, for for the weekend because I, I oh gosh we're we're thinking about getting a driver because we're doing <laughs> what some in the food industry call a bang bang louis ck style bang bang but we're doing it with we're doing it with live music ladies and gentlemen so jason and i will be catching evan dando uh who posted a picture of him fishing today jason uh that i talked about with david coggins he was fish on but anyway the lemon heads opening for jawbreaker at the wiltern on sunday i'm gonna be the youngest guy at that show <laughs> easily easily you're gonna catch the, catch the lemon heads do it's a shame about ray all the way through jason will wipe the tears from my eyes with a nice bar napkin mm-hmm. we'll jump in the escalade zoom right over to the greek 
to catch friend of the show Charlie XCX on stage, mm-hmm. and hopefully I'm going to make it home before midnight. What do you think the chances of that are? And also, how zooted are you going to be? First, make some noise for my angels out there. We don't. We we have to <laughs> hire a driver simply for the fact that. I think that the, the timing is going to be of of the essence. <laughs> Jason said. Jason said, "I'll bring the Narcan." Was his response when I said, "Should we get a driver?" Yeah, I mean, it's like okay, it's Sunday night. Normally on Sunday, I'm like, mm, "Which gluten free pasta am I going to make with my life partner and watch Bridgerton?" And then now it's like, "Oh, we're going to go see the Lemonheads, Jawbreaker." I know Charlie XCX of the Greek. It's a it is a bang bang all over. We're circumnavigating. The city of angels, just like the Chili Peppers would do. And am I bringing Narcan? The answer is yes. You never know. Fentanyl is a serious drug, and I'll be doing a lot of cocaine to stay awake. <laughs> Fentanyl is serious. I'm a little upset that I'm missing the Grammy Awards live from Las Vegas, but that's another conversation. Mm. Our guest today, legend- legendary filmmaker uh, Lance Bangs, who you guys definitely recognize his work mm-hmm. um, from not only the music videos, but MTV's famed Jackass program. <laughs> but I, I want to talk to him about the, the, the series, the director's label series, which if you've ever had taste in your life, you have in your collection. Mm-hmm. Um, at least at least one, one of those. What, I mean, could you explain to our, our listeners who might not know about this, this cool DVD that we've all had? Well, you, you, would, you would get the box set because it had all the director's work. So it'd be Chris Cunningham, Michelle Gondry, uh, obviously, my number one, Spike Jones, Mark Romanek, uh, I think Jonathan Glazer, Anton Corbin. There's mm-hmm. a there's a there's a, there's at, a, a at a certain time in the early 2000s, it was kind of like the the John Waters quote of like, if he doesn't have this mm-hmm. Chris Cunningham yeah, exactly. DVD box set, don't fuck him. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. If you if you especially if you lived in L.A. and you went back to an apartment in East Hollywood and he had a bunch of mm-hmm. DVDs and the director's label series wasn't there, purchased it Colette in Paris, yeah. of course. It was not considered optional viewing. It was absolutely required exactly exactly but yeah the new the new jackass jackass is out uh and i didn't see it but i heard it I was still great. haven't seen it yet. i know we'll talk to him about it but let's uh after we talk to him we won't even need to see it we're, we're gonna have lance come on and just kind of describe the film jackass exactly yeah exactly that'd be great forever just descri- frame by frame just, just just describe it for us uh Buckle all right let's i think parter. i think i think lance also lives in portland by choice which is something we should try to kind of for a non-nike employee that is oh i'm sure that it, is very interesting oh don't don't worry i'm sure big lance has got cash some nike checks in his time we'll they don't like it. to talk about we'll that all right it. yeah let's let's give lance a call lance where are you coming to where are you coming to us live from bro I just got back into Portland, Oregon from New York and then head down to LA in a day or two. So yeah, you live in Port you live in Portland by choice. Is that is that is that because you're so tied in to the creative filmmaking of the Nike Corporation or this is is this a different <laughs> is this a different reason? <laughs> that's Beaverton you're thinking of. That's not Portland. Look, it's close. That's Don't a, do that. It's it's close enough. Widening candy, whatever it is. How do you yeah. know what Beaverton is? <laughs> I think it's going to Marietta, Chris. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Ooh. Yeah, because Lance Lance spent some time in Athens, I believe. Him and Michael. Yep. Building. Mike is one of my Mike is one of my dream guests, and he's in my orbit in a few different ways. Yeah. What do you mean by in my orbit, Chris? Does that mean you follow him on Instagram? <laughs> no, there's just enough people I know that like know him well that I feel like mm-hmm. it, it could happen. Um but that's that's I don't know. I mean, Athens during that time. I feel like were you in Portland during its heyday or are you there a little bit after? No, I I, uh, I left home in New Jersey uh, as a teenager, went down to Athens, Georgia and was there like 1990 onwards. And in 92, I went out to go visit Portland, Oregon and just was transfixed. And 
met all these great songwriters and characters, and it was a very inexpensive place to live. There's no sales tax. Mm-hmm. So it was like Elliot Smith, mm-hmm. um, the band Hazel, the band The Spinanes, and sort of taking tapes of what they were doing and passing them back to people in New York and Athens and other music scenes and kind of going back and forth. And at the time, you could rent a room in a group house with people and keep some books and a record player there for like $100 a month. Mm. And Athens was amazingly cheap as well. So was living in those two places and then mostly working in New York or LA or London. Like there wasn't much to kind of uh, earn income in those arts enclaves, but you could <laughs> sure, sure, live a sure. great lifestyle and then travel and go make things other places. It was a good thing that your rent was $100 a month because you had $100 per month. <laughs> well, now look, I mean, Lance was flying to London for some of these corporate clients, but his record collection alone, I mean, I can't even imagine mm-hmm. the, the Kill Rockstar's first press exactly. he's got. Yeah. You know, just, <laughs> just I mean, the, the Discogs income alone. I mean, that, that's his Bitcoin. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he got in early. Exactly. Yeah, Neutral Milk Hotel demo tape is his nft and that's why those are my roommates smart, in athens because i growing up in atlanta like neutral milk hotel obviously is something we all listened to and it was like mythical yeah you know because he like disappeared but like did he really disappear or was that kind of like just we didn't have social media and shit like would you still see him at the grit you know what i'm saying or, no we, we were we were living together we were roommates during that oh so you saw his ass he wasn't <laughs> So you can confirm <laughs> he was dis- maybe disappearing into a good book. That's about it. No, he he's he's a great guy, and he definitely took a break to kind of stay at the house and and work on things, and then traveled to a few cities where he had friends to go kind of spend some time and and work on yeah. what he was going through emotionally. And and but it, yeah, it was like intense because like all the other people in the world that wanted him to play live or do events or do things were kind of constantly coming by or asking. I know that REM asked them to open up some shows. Uh, around that time and he just kind of kept turning things down and at first it wasn't clear to people outside that like he was going to take a bit of a break and not be playing Irving Plaza in 2000 or (laughs) 2001 Mm -hmm. Um, but so it and then he kind of started traveling further away and and really kind of uh it became more apparent to people like he he's not he ain't doing available it. for your he ain't doing your this. phone interviews. Yeah, he's not, yeah, he's not he's not he's not available <laughs> to your alternative weekly uh phone phone interview, your local Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like a guy like that, did he ever cuz I know he played shows in the la, you know in the last like 10 years, did he ever cash in? Like did he ever cuz he deserves it is my point. Yeah, that was never his motive and he was very generous with the money that he did earn with funding a lot of you know, other projects or charities or mm-hmm. events or things that he felt needed help or yeah. support. And so I, I believe he's comfortable. Like he was on Merge Records, which is a very friendly, yeah, great yeah, social yeah. label that's like generous with how they divide things with the artists. And he lives a, a lifestyle that suits him well. And he's, he's safely, I think, in a good place. God bless him. I mean, that's it. honestly the man gave us. I love giving you a classic and then just disappearing. There's nothing more legendary than that. And I think that that is also like, basically gonna stop it stopped happening you know because people are just too thirsty yeah and instagram's too easy well i think the problem is they give us the classic and then they're like i think i got another one in me when they should just be doing 90s stuff which is disappearing (laughs) into a forest instead of making claro's second album yeah no it's really true it's really true sometimes you think you got it and, and you don't you really don't i mean I didn't. How did you take to the South as a guy from the? Were you comfortable with the manners, the food? Like what? What did you? You know, were I had you, a weird time coming up. I, my uh, it was like an Air Force family, so we were moving mm. fairly often, and a lot of the bases that we were at were like 
Valdosta, Georgia, Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, man. We hit everywhere. Like, we were in, you know, Texas, Colorado, California, upstate New York, Nebraska. So you were a base brat is what it sounds like. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And so for whatever reason, like, I I was in different parts of New Jersey during, like, early teenage years. And it was great. You could drive up. There's an amazing venue in Trenton called City Gardens that every band played phenomenal shows at. And then you could make it up to New York City fairly easily. And uh, everything was wild there in the, like, late 80s there's like a riot at Tompkins square park one night that we were there to see oh baby pylon play and then um damn you're saying pylon played in the park next to my apartment and there was a riot no <laughs> yeah they they uh Bro. Tompkins square it's like this every night brother <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah like i just happened to be like visiting friends in Tompkins square park and like the police covered up their badges with black electrical oh. tape and just started hitting people with you but you had the, you know, the time you had the thing like, on you though lance right you, you, you yeah. yeah you had it. i know lance had the little thing on him so he's i think the thing that you're referring to is a superiority burger cookie <laughs> he had the 16 millimeter camera so on this him, was before yeah. the dog park was was installed is exactly that? yeah okay, okay um and then you know you could go to philly as well so it was yeah. it was kind of a great landscape to be exploring in at that like you know late 80s weird time period uh but then i really felt drawn to get very far away from there and I'd been making sort of personal films and on super eight and at the time michael from rem had an organization called C-100 Film Corps that was giving grants to underground filmmakers. Essentially, they would make um, small projects. So they would make those public service announcements that would run on when it was like four TV channels. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had to give a certain amount of time to like these (laughs) They had to. No, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And so you could make a 30-second black and white piece about, you know, what does it mean when you throw something away? Where does that actually go? You know, it kind of encouraged people to be thoughtful Mm, about. Jason, this guy, this guy's been on the front lines of filmmaking, but also the front front lines of sustainability, (laughs) and that's something sustainability. That's something a lot of people don't know, and I'm glad that the journalists on How Long Gone are able to uncover stuff like that. Kind of makes the show breaking it wide open. We're kind of yeah, Yeah. it makes it we make it a little special around here. So you were doing PSAs. Yeah, you were doing PSAs for, and Michael Stipe was paying for it (laughs) exactly. And so he had a great younger artist (laughs) named Chris Bilheimer that was designing stuff for Arm at the time, and he and Michael kind of helped get me down to Athens and get me set up with like a local address. And, you know, it's like a very inexpensive, great art scene yeah. to kind of jump into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give you a little walking around money, some wheels. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah Three it's, hots yeah. and a cot, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm sure that's what it was like. That's uh no, I mean, I, I just, it's, it's, I, I have, I, you know, I romanticized that time for sure because I didn't get REM until later in life. Right. Like I was like, yeah, I was into punk and hardcore and was just like, I don't know. Pylon too. I'm just like, yeah, this is cool, I guess, but I don't really care about yeah. it. And and now I listen to REM like every day, uh, <laughs> yeah. which I, you know, is unfortunate because I kind of missed the, I could have seen a lot of wild shit in my time probably. Um, right. But, but do you have a relationship to, to hardcore? How many times have you seen? Oh, Converge? absolutely. Yeah. Okay, like, you okay. know, every, I saw every great hardcore band in city gardens and in Philly at like the Franklin YMCA and, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that all throughout the mid eighties. Uh, a little bit came through Montgomery, Alabama, but not that much. It was more so when I got up to like oh. the middle of New Jersey. Like James Murphy was working the door at City Gardens. John Stewart was a bartender. What? It was just a, a magic. Not James. Not place. James Murphy. Oh man, absolutely. Not yeah. James Murphy. He was probably skimming off the top then too. That motherfucker. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's right. John Stewart was a bartender. Comedy's John Stewart. Yes, comedy's John Stewart <laughs> was a bartender <laughs> at this like Trenton, New Jersey bunker that like. 
every base, it, 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 like all the New York bands would come down and safely play a show, testing out all their new material there, mm-hmm. knowing that all the like Rolling Stone random notes writers weren't there to yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. if the Ramones had new material or if Sonic Youth wrote a new record, they could go down it's there. It's like play. when Beyonce opens her okay. tour in Albany. You know what I mean? You yes. got to get you got to get <laughs> warm before you hit before you hit Boston's you know TD Garden. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that's that's uh. I, I didn't I didn't realize that. I New Jersey though does get a bad rap in in the world and I I actually uh don't subscribe. I think New Jersey Good. can be like keep keep it can be a beautiful place. Keep the scrubs away. Let let only the local mutants know how good it is. No, I mean I would never live there or want to claim it, but I do th- I have been there and it is nice and I think that it's <laughs> it's, it's it's funny though how places like that. It's like the valley here. We've talked about it on this podcast a few times like the valley had this bad connotation like from television and movies and now like between Haim and Paul Thomas Anderson they've like romanticized it yeah. and now it's like considered cool or at least an era of it is considered cool um mm-hmm. which is it all it takes is a little you know a little famous person to turn it around some good PR exactly good PR that's all we all need bangs you spend some time in in Los Angeles's valley ever oh yeah quite a bit I feel like you have right I think these places are better off without PR I think like I regret that I made <laughs> episodes of Portlandia and now there's too many people moving here from outside blood on your hands I've never been to Portland really never been I I, I actually like Seattle quite a lot I love Vancouver and I've been told yeah you know by a, f- a few the, the, the way it goes with me Lance and you you've listened to this podcast you might know this it's either they're either like Chris, you're gonna fucking love it, or Chris, you're gonna hate it and leave the day you get there. There's no, there's no in between. Yeah, and I, I don't know why that is. Why is it so polarizing? Because of your show, Chris. We're all Virgos, right, Lance? <laughs> <laughs> so it's your fault, Lance. Is what you're saying? The show Portlandia. Fred Armisen himself had ruined the PR of. Oh yeah, speaking of Portlandia, did you listen to the Brett Easton Ellis episode, Lance? I did. Yeah. Uh, that was a little shocking when he was talking about... That was shocking to me. Friend yeah, of the show, Fred Armisen, right? Yeah. It was also pretty funny, though. I think everyone can agree that Brett Easton Ellis is, <laughs> is a singular uh, energy that has rubbed a few people the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, as a person who rubs people the wrong way, I understand that it can happen. Brett Easton Ellis is a yeah. singular energy. Singular like energy that. is... that. Yeah. That's Lance has done a lot of interviews in his life, Jason. <laughs> that's what that said. That's a great phrase, and I'm going to steal it, because that, that really communicates everything without yeah. saying... That's a step above, uh, you know, Brett's Brett, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Brett's Brett. Yeah, but do you think Portland... Do you think Portland was uh, Portlandia did less for it or more for it, or does the city love it because it made a lot of money? I think it did more yeah. for it. I think that there are some local people who are grumpy, sure. but like you know, to be honest, it was a uh, the existing culture here were primarily descendants of people that had moved out to do tree chopping down, sort of like <laughs> Northern European Johnson Svensson, like that's that's who kind of came out here and chopped down trees and made what existed. And so it doesn't have the sort of like wood country diversity of personalities or ethnic enclaves that like all the great East Coast cities have. Like there's no Italian American neighborhood or place to get a great bagel or <laughs> anything like that. Uh, and, you know, sort of like stoic, willing to get rained on and willing to just kind of like chop down a tree and be by a campfire was like, the, how do you describe yourself? Mode. I'm willing to get rained on. That's one of my main. <laughs> that's who is here. I don't, that's I don't my value my life. A ton. <laughs> if it does kind of have a torrential rain pour most days out of the year, I won't love it, but I won't yeah. care enough to do anything about it. Exactly. Yeah. Architecturally, everything was sort of like a one or two or at most three story basic square or rectangle. Mm-hmm. Nothing was like that lively or inventive, but it had been very thoughtfully laid out. The people that, you know, kind of designed the city were thoughtful about setting aside a huge amount of like parks and green space 
It's a pretty straight yeah. grid that makes sense. There's no weird diagonal one-way streets that you don't know how to get out of if you're mm. trapped. You know, it's so not it's, like so it's bad good design. for drunk driving. Yeah. that makes sense. And inexpensive. And it has good all the for Virgos, being, am I right, Lance? Yeah, <laughs> and so, we have a lot of that OCD uh, mentality as it pertains to map making. And then uh, inexpensive. A lot of items are coming in from containers across the ocean and getting unloaded and. So the basic cost of oh, goods that's the is Jersey cheap. coming out in bangs right there. Yeah. Hey, you know, a lot of a lot of <laughs> shipping know. contain. You know, sh- importing <laughs> and exporting going out of. Uh, exactly. you know. Yeah, yeah. I see you're making a little in- extra income on the side. I see. I'd hate for something here. to happen to your next load. Uh, <laughs> There's no sales tax uh, at the time. Housing was inexpensive. You could get a a group house with a bunch of painters or poets or musicians or whatever, and. Great mm-hmm. used bookstores, record stores, like indoor activities at the time that it was rainier. Great satanic vegan <laughs> strip club restaurants. Exactly. Sounds like I need to come check it out. I yeah. mean, I don't, I, I don't. Huh, uh, there's probably more suicide girls per capita than any <laughs> other town in America. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a platform that, that means a lot to me. It's crazy because the airport, the, the TSA workers are actually suicide girls. They're kind of been displaced. So it's, it's great for the airport. It's great for the, the city in general. I, I mean, I guess, I mean, we were going to do a show there, but I don't think we have any listeners there. Right. And we did Seattle instead, and the show was great. So, I mean, I don't know. No, I, th- yeah. I think next time we'll do Portland and Seattle instead of San Francisco and Seattle. I think we'll, we'll San Francisco is being. Oh, penalized. They're on timeout, and then Portland is going to step up. Okay, what's your le- what's your least favorite city in the country besides San Francisco, Lance? It's actually a good question. I have a hard time because I also go do a lot of like heavy journalism stuff, and and yeah. cities that are difficult because of like the wide sidewalks, baking heat. So like Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, don't mm-hmm. Phoenix! Come on, that sounds great. It's it's tough to shoot in. It's just like giant wide mm. sun drenched streets that you know mm-hmm. the police are rough. It's a lot of heavy like. Weird tangents of, of extreme conservatism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're oh, so you're coming for me and my family. I see. That's not. That's yeah. not so there's, really. a, there's a, a decent amount of that going on in the not Portland parts of Oregon, though, right? Sure, but I guess as far as like you know, when he asks about a city, I'm thinking of like a place with yeah, yeah, half, for you know, sure, half for sure, people or so. No, I mean Phoenix is uh, Phoenix is a tough putt. I have a hard time in cities that are not based on a river. I think that for whatever reason, just having a river moving through oh, a place. Damn. Edibles kicking in now, Lance. I like it. Yeah, yeah. What did you smoke? Unlike Atlanta, Phoenix, and Houston, that are more like rail or train line cities, I think that there's something that happens with uh, weirdos and freakazoids and creativity going on in a city where there's water moving through it damn i you know what i think you might be onto something on his murakami shit right now i like it yeah you're on your shit right now and i mean i think look nashville's got a great river that's why that's why louisville kentucky Mm. louisville kentucky has more weird great musicians and artists and writers and freakazoids than hey bro indianapolis or whatever i've seen by i've seen by the grace of god i've been to crazy fest okay i know you know louisville louisville okay. louisville's a beautiful place i actually i've sent three dollars to get a doghouse record sticker pack <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, i'll say it on this i'll come clean on the podcast mm-hmm. i've actually i've actually never been to phoenix <laughs> Wait, uh, <what>? or <laughs> i've actually i don't think I, I know. Well, I've never been on. I, I've luckily never had to go on tour for real. Right. I'm more of a fly in, fly out guy. You know what I mean? I hit yeah. the major markets. Um, <laughs> but I feel like you've, I feel like you've, you've thrown the cannon in a bunk and really seen this damn country. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> yeah. more times than you would like, especially as you get up there in age. No, I love it. I, I'd go back everywhere uh, three more times. Like I, I love running into weird people and having conversations and seeing what's changed in the city and is that bookstore still there and, 
what's new and you know what's going on now when's the last time when's the last time you've you've hopped on the tour bus though come on i i did it last summer my wife is in that band slater kenny and they did a bunch of shows with like wilco mm-hmm. and we'll go back out again mm-hmm. uh coming up this year and uh, i also kind of jump in with bands there's a band called white reaper that i've been traveling and yeah, shooting stuff yeah. with they're great um mm-hmm. i still do stuff with like a lot of characters from the past and i'll go join recording sessions of things that haven't been announced yet um, but some of the like people you might like from other like '90s bands are doing interesting stuff, and and it'll get announced not that long from now. Oh, well, I think this is a good time for us to kind of propose you shooting our special. Ah, you know we <laughs> oh. we've been we don't have a we don't have like a big concept, but we we've you know we have some representation now. They're they're you know they've been looking at at, at some options for us as far as distribution goes, but. Can you throw on a steady cam and kind of come join us at some point, or you you know, are are you going to shoot it on film? What what would you imagine for us? I just want to let you know ahead of time we can't secure funding, so do with that information what you will. <laughs> Lance, I can feel it from Lance already. He's a passion guy. He kind of knows. Yeah, I make things happen. I don't I don't let money stop us from making. We're, we do it run and gun just like you. <laughs> and he's he knows that if he gets on the ground floor yeah. of this thing, you know, he look he looks up and all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. Jason. Chris Pontius what and I'm equity, fucking Johnny Knoxville. Are either of you comfortable with like mm. firearms? Can you handle any kind of gun or shotgun or anything? Of course. Of course. Look, I'm not I, I'm not comfortable with it, but I'll do anything for money. <laughs> okay. You know, within reason. So here's what we do. We get like five drones <laughs> mm-hmm. and we put them up in the air okay. at the beginning of the conversation. Okay. And as it goes along and you get to different stages of the show, you shoot them out of the air one by one. Oh, this is good. And so this is the good. number of cameras keeps declining until we're down to just the last one. And as you get to the finale and it's the end of the show, bam, you take out the final camera. I don't want Shit. you to waste Jason. this amazing idea on us, yeah. Lance, I got to say. Did you just pop that one off the dome or is this something you've been kind of stewing on for a while? Yeah, that, that seemed like a good fit for the two of you. Damn, that's cool. That's a, Honestly, that's a great concept. That's a great concept. Unfortunately, I think some of our um, listeners would not love the gun thing uh, a lot. Um, but Make it like a skeet shooting. Yeah, I mean, this is literally what it is. It's just skeet shooting. Yeah, yeah what if, yeah, so we could go, okay, so I, this is going to pump the budget just a little bit, but we let's say we go the Cotswolds, you know what I mean. We get our, we get our, we get our, our, our wellies on, our barber jackets. Jason has a little hound with him, mm-hmm. and we're it's it's you know we're in conversation. I don't know. Let's say with the Gallagher brothers or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And then we're we're firing the drones, but it's it's in environment, so it feels a little more natural. It's not like an urban setting. We don't need a fleet of Land Rovers, but you know, six or seven. <laughs> Are we talking Liam and Noel or Gallagher and Gallagher too? We're talking Liam and Noel, and also us shooting drones out of the sky. That'll have like a surveillance state kind of political message, not unlike my good friends Radiohead. Have you worked with those guys before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, oh, they, wow. they were on the RM tour in 1995 as Traveling with Michael and made the kind of films that were getting projected. Bro. So kind of got to spend time with them like during the Benz oh. era and then have kept in touch since then. 95 was the only time they were good. The Benz era? Hey, R- hey, R- R.E.M. and Radiohead doing the Benz together? Oh, I, I, that's... No one's going to agree with you on that one, Chris. Lance and I are both yeah. head heads, aren't we? Yeah. No, I know. I'm just I'm just kidding. I like OK Computer fine. Shut but up, I, Shut up. I, I didn't... Yeah, I think that the, the your willingness to tour is very impressive because even at my low stature but advanced age... I just can't. I don't think I could do it. I'm like John Mayer. I ain't take the PJ from Van Nuys back to LA every night. <laughs> I don't know, Chris. I don't think you have a thirst for curiosity and and oddities and document. You know, meeting hmm. strange, interesting people. Has spent 
her life touring as well, so you don't have. There's no like. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna go out again. It's like, bitch, you've been out just as long <laughs> as I have. Okay, <laughs> been out. Are you? So you have kids too, right? Yeah, we've got a son who just turned 21 and a daughter who's 14, and they're great. And a lot of like time goes into being with them and parenting and sharing their lives. So they come on the road and they're like, Uncle Uncle Jeff Tweedy gave me some whiskey last night, Mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> or is it? Or is it like? Do they? Do they? Are they think you guys? Like, are they, your, your son's old enough, but is your 14 year old daughter like you guys are lame or is she in on it? She thinks it's cool. No, she's very in on it. In a weird way, my son was like sometimes less comfortable. Mm. Like, I, you know, from early on, like it truly, when he was very young, it was like the guys in Fugazi were still active and were always doing stuff. And so there's all these photos of him as a toddler with like Ian and Guy and going to the Discord house <laughs> and being on the skateboard that okay. Ian had back at that time and like yeah. all these great things. And so he responded to that, but later things like he, he helped DJ with me at Frank Ocean's Grammy party one year. And I don't think he felt comfortable or like, mm. or, you know, like I think mm. at some point he, he wasn't telling, he wasn't telling all the other kids at his middle school that he was hanging out with Earl sweatshirt and Tyler, the creator and whatever he was like, yeah, sure. Self-conscious about it or something. So really, I don't know. Like he, I could, I could see that he, he I enjoys. That. I mean, kids are weird. Your son is a low key King. I like it. He likes Oregon and Portland more than he likes, uh, going to LA or whatever. What do you think he's going to do? What what kind of guitar did you buy him? He kind of picked out his own guitar. He picked out a Mustang from like 67, like blue, just a great choice of a guitar. Taught himself, like without us pressuring him or like trying to put it in his hands. He just like mm-hmm. mostly instrumental Russian music from video games. What? Like he was uh, <laughs> what? like finding the stuff that was not in our <laughs> listening habit or wheelhouse. And You said Russian music from video games? Yeah, like something I wouldn't have ever been aware of or listening to that he was finding online and teaching himself how to play. And he knows what's going on in Ukraine and all that and he's still doing this? <laughs> <laughs> this was years ago and it was a cultural video game okay, okay, okay i understand i understand we, just we, want to check, we, just want I to mean, check. <laughs> trust me i don't think we should punish the video game makers but you know, <laughs> it's, it's a society's choice not us. something to flag i just want to bring that up yeah that's i mean having a 21 year old son is pretty i mean it's pretty wild like what do you th- i love it yeah it's great what do you think he's gonna do with his life are, are you i mean has he made any decisions yet or are you are you just waiting he's pretty fascinating he he is uh Teaching people mixed martial arts and, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. is he sober? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. He like, uh, <laughs> what the fuck? He, he learned that is himself he out of his own interest. So he's doing, he's teaching Brazilian jiu-jitsu in, in Portland. No, he's down in a, another part of Oregon. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay, okay. But so all these, what I assume, and I could be wrong, but I think that it's like probably guys that listen to Joe Rogan and are enticed by the idea of all those conversations about Brazilian jiu-jitsu and no-gi and, mm-hmm. and all that that are in their midlife crises Mm -hmm. looking for someone to teach them how that goes or how to roll or whatever. And I think I could be wrong, but I think he's sort of like picking up money training or teaching or instructing some people. He saw, he saw a window of opportunity and he's taken it. Yeah. He's also like a full-time college student and, and all that. But, uh, I would not be surprised if he tried to open his own dojo and train people. So if he's been, if he's training at 21, then that, does that mean he's been doing BJJ for, since he was in, in little, Show your old diapers? No, he uh, he kind of got into it later in high school, but he's just very observant and notices. Oh, if your ankle had been slightly to the left, you could have grounded this and got into this mm. move. Like he's low key, quiet, insightful with those sort of things. Okay. Last question not... by your son: at, um, at what age was he able to beat you up? Oh, fairly early. Yeah, like I, I'm not trying okay. to be like a tough guy around the house. He he's taller than me. He grew. You know, he's like six feet something and uh and very muscular and well built and could easily have like pinned me you know probably like 
16 years old. Does he call you Lance? Sometimes, like if we're around a bunch of other people who only know me as Lance, like if we're at some jackass or okay. odd, odd future oh, gang okay. of people, he'll be like, hey, Lance, you know, but it's not in a diminutive, like, okay. I'm no longer your son kind of way. He's not trying to punk you no, out or not like that. Like that. <laughs> give me a, give, go get me another monster, Lance. <laughs> okay. I, I'm, Maybe if, if you were a stepdad, not a real yeah, dad. Yeah. I'm a dad to him, but if, it, you know, if it's like in front of 10 other friends that are all saying Lance all day, he'll say Lance. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You would have never thought in a million years that your boy would grow up to be a master of submissions <laughs> it's, it's impressive <laughs> and again i don't think he's like he's not that guy like that whatever stereotype right. you might be imagining he's like a smart thoughtful soulful no, person no, no. who like no, every, i have many yeah. many yeah, friends that's the appeal. Who, who love the sweet yeah. science of that's bjj the appeal, and they're yeah, all yeah. just amazing sweet people i've never seen them get in a fight a day in their life yeah no, i mean that's but, but they could but the, yeah they're all sober um and uh they are in good shape and i i do i i mean mm-hmm. the ghee is an interesting look i don't know how much of the show yo roll geese jason i feel like they're kind of hot I if you can get your hands on one they're not mm-hmm. that much you know a couple hundred bucks or something oh, like okay, that. okay i think it's i think it's more of a scarcity issue i see i understand it's, it's supply chain hit up usual. your friends at the uh undefeated gym chris they'll sort you out okay perfect so so <laughs> yeah thanks Thanks for that, Jason. We were talking mm-hmm. about the we were talking about the director's cut series in the intro. Oh, and oh, right on because it was Jason made a, a a great joke that it was like the famous John Waters quote. You know, if you go home with someone, they don't have books, don't fuck them. Yeah, the director's cut series is similar to that in the in a certain era of the two thousands. You know, if you went back, if you went back to a fella's house and he didn't have the Spike Jones director's cut DVD, <laughs> nothing's happening that night. You know what I mean? And I, I just, if I'm not able to watch Bjork videos on your DVD player, <laughs> yeah, this is not going to dick, work. These dickies are remaining zipped. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, but I do think that that's like an interesting because the DVD has, has at least for most normal people in society that aren't like film nerds, has like fully gone away. You know what I mean? It's like not. It's not really part of the conversation anymore. Unless you're unless you're renting DVDs from the machine outside of Walgreens. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. But I think that people, a lot of people I know, still have the director's cut. You know, displayed even. Yeah. Friend of the show you can't let it go. Friend of the show, Decatur Dan has it displayed in his crib, and I'm like, damn, that's nice because that really that really telegraphs a certain level of taste. You know. Yeah, it's definitely an indicator in the way that a coffee table book is often used. It's mm-hmm. it's got that function. But I just feel like those things are like kind of mythic. Are they like expensive now? Is there like a resale market for so. them, or is it something so. you can get on eBay? I think it's an eBay thing. Okay. I, it was okay. Palm Pictures, which I don't think is still in operation. No, I'm sure you can get the whole you know any of those DVDs on eBay for. For not too much money. I might need to. I might need to cop just for the flex. Let's do it. I might need to cop just for the flex. But there was something when those came out. You felt a power that I could. I could play this funk soul brother video <laughs> whenever I want to on demand. Yeah, this isn't. You know that was that was power that that a lot of people weren't used to wielding. The idea, well, Lance. What do you watch on YouTube? You know, because I use YouTube strictly for chiropractor videos and uh, like Wilco playing on Letterman. In like 1997, that's kind of my zone. Okay, but Jason uh, learns how to fix stuff yeah. and maybe some workouts and stuff. But I, I'm interested <laughs> to know what a what a a visionary filmmaker uses the medium for. And don't say a capital F. Don't say filmmaker. Joe. Don't say Joe Rogan clips. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think that at different times, like if I'm doing a project where I'm mm. overseeing like an animated series, I'll go deep in like Czechoslovakian mm. animators from the 60s or. 
electric company intro screens with the pinball machine and see, you know, what color sphere was that mostly working in. If I'm doing something that's more politically involved, I'll watch like deep interviews with all the subjects or figures that are mm-hmm. on the different sides or factions of like a political story that I'm chasing down. Mm. Um, if I'm going to go explore some part of the country that I haven't spent recent time in, I'll watch like mm-hmm. what's going on there now culturally. What what are the weird like footwork places in Chicago or what's happening in like Murder Mountain? Which which rec- which pavement record is Murder Mountain? <laughs> I'm not familiar with that one. That's good stuff, Chris. That's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> They're they're gearing up to <laughs> oh they're gearing baby, up to don't be another worry. chance to see you know, them live. Mal- Malcolmus is coming on this pot because so we're big tennis players. Yeah, I know he's a big player. Okay, yeah, um, and he's he's it, it's destiny. I mean, you know, it's destiny for him to come talk to us when he's got something to sell. So you know, I'm 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 ready for it. But right on. So you use you use YouTube like a damn adult. You use it as like a an educational service. Are you hitting the edible though? Yeah, I mean, there's fun stuff too, and then also like the great thing is that like. If you get into some current musician who's making things, you know, you, you have like a new thing from Gia Margaret to look forward to six months from now that she's currently cooking up at her place. You know, this is all sorts of like knowing that the the barrier to releasing imagery is so much mm-hmm. lower than it used to be in the sort of MTV era that every artist that's making compelling work find some way to make two or three songs from each record yeah, have a I visual mean, form. Like Jason said, though, how high are you when you're doing this? <laughs> I'm just constantly like taking it all in. So you don't need to be on on drugs in order to get into these YouTube wormholes? No, I don't need to. It's also fun, like, if you're with different social groups, like, their patterns, like, if you hang out with White Reaper, yeah, yeah. they've got their thing of watching all the mid-90s music videos, and it's like, oh, I, I haven't thought about these in a while, or... They just, you know, one after the other, they'll play those, and then someone will take over and play an episode of Survivor. And then you're like, oh, I haven't thought about Survivor in a long time. It was a great show. Survivor Hive is strong, um, actually. It's a, it's a people, no, there are, there are people that are fucking freaks about it. Yeah. Um, wasn't, it was never for me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's the, I mean, that's the beauty of YouTube, though. It's like a deep hole, but I use it strictly, I mean, all, chiropractor videos aside, I, I do use it for like music almost exclusively, but only old shit. Like I only want to see live performances of like suede right. on, you know, Jonathan Ross. I, I got to stop you and ask you, how much is there to chiropractice? Like I, I've experienced it, but it seems like it's the same three moves. <laughs> is there deeper levels where they're doing more? That's a great question, Lance. That's what you would think, Lance. But as a storyteller, I'm surprised you wouldn't kind of see that, you know, the subject brings their own arc to the video. You know, they've been dealing with immense pain. Okay. Uh, emotional and physical, of course. Mm-hmm. Chris likes to get the backstory. I like the backstory. <laughs> and then sometimes s- certain characters <laughs> don't credit him. Don't credit him with that. But some <laughs> some subjects are also, and I've seen this starting to happen. Okay. Sometimes they get hotties, you know? So it's like a hottie in a sports bra who's had a lot of problems from, you know, her time as a gymnast or whatever. Those get more views. I don't watch those. But is it those. just kind of I'm like rotate the, the head and neck? I'm more into the emotional. You like the art form. You don't want it. You don't want some clickbait shouty. Exactly. And also, I'm glad exactly. that what you said, you had a nice clean audio take for our, for our meme account to capture uh, well, <laughs> whatever you just said. No, but I think that the, I think that the, the, that genre of video and these, these videos get like millions of views. Oh yeah. So I know I know I'm not alone, but it's also because I ha- I think if I wasn't um, doing what I'm doing now, which obviously is incredibly time consuming and an artistic practice that I take very seriously, mm-hmm. I would maybe be interested in being a bodywork expert. A lot of people okay. share that same sentiment, I think, and I think also, Chris, mm-hmm. you know, 
the world of documentary filmmaking and the world of crack addicts like yourself, Chris. <laughs> yeah, there yes, could be yeah. some crossover here. We can get a little Hulu deal, six figures, not seven, but you know, yeah, that's something to play. Yeah, Lance, with. there's there's a there's a popular chiropractor in in uh, Middle Florida. Um, okay, it's kind of known for her funky tights that she wears when she's adjusting people. I'm sure you've seen her on your algorithm before. You've probably seen it, but her <laughs> but her her like 15 year old daughter is her DP. And she's doing okay, yeah. You know, but but I mean, I think that there's some there's some holes for sure. She's not that experienced, but she could learn something from a guy like you that's really been out here doing this for a long time. So it's something to consider. I don't I don't think we've seen the ceiling mm-hmm. of of chiropractic video. I think we have a lot of a lot of a lot of room to grow. What other body work have you explored? Uh, well, there's there's a lot of like uh, acupuncture. There's a British guy who does these really really intense kind of just rub downs but he makes these giant mma guys cry okay. by pressing on their feet okay you know stuff like that Whoa. and so just you kind of figure out the the zone i mean i can only watch them a, a couple at a time and i do it in private of course because it's embarrassing and also because you're violently masturbating right yeah that, that that other part yeah i didn't want to mention that but i'm violently masturbating and the it's just not it's it's something that i talk about uh because i i think it's important for the for the visibility <laughs> Uh, for the other crack addicts that mm-hmm. listen to the show, sure, comrade. That's really it. I mean, I do that stuff in my myself in my personal life. So does Jason. So I think that's part of where it stemmed from is that that sure. we started seeing this bodywork guy who destroyed us, and it was like this weird experience. Okay. So I was like, are there other people like this out there? You know, um, and of course mm-hmm. there are. Have you ever checked out Reiki or other approaches? No, that's fake. I don't really. <laughs> I don't. I'm not. You ain't gonna wave. Find the right person. You ain't gonna wave your hand over me, and it's gonna work. I mean, look, I'll try. I've heard of Reiki, but I don't. I don't know exactly what it is. Could you explain, Lance? Yeah, tell us. It seems to have worked for you. I thought that was like something like a like a a mushroom that you put in your smoothie, but that's that's Reishi. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a form of energy work. It exists in a lot of different cultures. Uh, The particular one that you know for shorthand gets used is that that term Reiki, but it's essentially like Mm -hmm. focusing energy and and aligning hands or other body parts over certain parts of your body and you genuinely tend to feel Sounds like a genuine song so far lance temperature or energy or something <laughs> in the physical space between their hand and your body and then you start to feel something inside it's it can be surprising if you find the right person to uh mm-hmm. practice it on you. so how much how much how much is a session costing and are crystals involved <laughs> there, there don't have to be any crystals involved but it would be nice if okay. there were a few around yeah you, you might just find the right person that had that skill or, or knowledge or you could go pay you know 60 to 80 dollars somewhere to get it mm. for an hour so you've done this before and you have experienced positive results is what it sounds like yeah surprisingly positive results if you're right. in the, if you're doing okay. you know all these other formats of body work it's worth yeah 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 try no, a session I'm, and see if it works for you or not yeah i'm not i i don't rule anything out there's all kinds of weird stuff going on we like to explore the body yeah what what's your meditation practice over there in p-town lance i kind of like you know Early on, learn to kind of uh, focus and disassociate and go internal and, and mm. wrestle with things or rethink things and then come out of it and then put on some music and try and work on stuff. That's good. I feel like I kind of do the same thing, but I do use marijuana to achieve that, unfortunately. There you go. Sure. But you don't, you're okay with that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you asking me or Chris? You. Chris is sober. Yeah, I know that. I was like surprised if it was like, <laughs> yeah, you're down with that still, right? But you're not a drug abuser, right, Lance? No, I, don't, I wouldn't say I was a drug abuser. Keep your nose clean. 
Keep my nose clean. Yeah, you seem like a you, you seem like a straight shooter. That's why, but that's you have to be in your line of work because these guys are all getting crazy, and you got to be there to document it. Yeah, he's got a lot of expensive gear to look after. Yeah, but then you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the shoot, it, it's fine to like get on everyone else's wavelength. You ha- you have a very diplomatic way of speaking, Lance. Where did you pick this up? <laughs> yeah, did you? Were you ever in and politics? Also, I feel like you're wasting these talents behind the lens. Oh yeah, no, I, I've chosen to be uh, kind of discreet and hidden as long as I could, and it's. It's a bummer the times that people have noticed or, or pointed a camera back at me. <laughs> but I, I, I take deep satisfaction in multiple projects that have not been found out yet. Mm. And that in the deep future, people will realize like, whoa, he made this movie or he wrote this book or those records are him. That's my sort of like long. Yeah, I think that's plan. something that I've thought about as I've gotten older is sort of like when people have a situation where maybe like a Kanye West or something like that or like. What? Who is making art right now that is being constantly ridiculed, and then in the future they will kind of remain in infamy forever? You know, like all these people who were poo-pooed during their lifetime, creating this art kind of painstakingly uh, and, and achieving a lot of ridicule, and only to become a legendary, you know, person or artist because the world needed time to kind of catch up with with their yeah. way of thinking and you're saying you're the same way as that i i, I wouldn't like claim that for myself <laughs> but I've, I've i've preferred being discreet and low-key and and hidden uh, as much as i can and have pulled it off on some projects that i'm happy about uh i'm sure you have some legendary cameos over the years on the old bang bus yeah yeah definitely like have, have popped up in the background of things uh of a lot of notable things over the years. That's a better way to be, you know. Absolutely, that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a better way to be. Yeah. I'm looking for a few cameos as well. Jason's a known uh, music video extra. He's had some featured roles. You're there in that Avril Lavigne video. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. So if you have any, if you have any oh, you've video seen that work, one, Lance? oh yeah, your hair was so much longer. <laughs> it was. I mean, it's not like long, long, but it's like different from how you've chosen to be. Oh yeah, I used, that was yeah, like early 20s. I had long hair. I feel like they didn't take advantage of your height. You're kind of like seated on a stool or something right yeah the the problem was it was either we're casting you on this video because oh, you right, are right, freakishly right. tall yeah. or we're casting you in this video and we have to hide the fact that you're freakishly tall because yeah if i stood next mm-hmm. to avril lavigne all of you know 411 soaking wet it would have been distracting would you see some of the same faces at, at you know casting sessions or constantly shoots in that era constantly yeah. constantly really so is everybody trying to get their little check yeah there was i mean there was kind of like this the cd music video extra agency like talent agencies and you would kind of see the same people at all the videos and the same like whoever the funky person that month um, would always be in every video if you kind of paid attention. And did you list skills? Like, did you say that you could dance and that you could drive a motorcycle? Or? Actually, not so much. I mean, they never really asked about that. It was pretty much just like, all right, you stand here. And then depending on what the video was, nine times out of 10, like you said, it's just like, can you just dance around for like five minutes? You know, like yeah. a slow motion kind of pogoing movement while uh, the vines play right. their hit song get free yeah um for 47 <laughs> times in the sound studio vines are an underrated act i want to say they have some deep cuts i think they really they got billed as that as the nirvana thing and it kind of ruined mm. their career yeah Mm-mm-mm. i remember i actually urinated in public during a take on that video because i had to pee so bad but i was i was trapped like a astro world concert and i had to just let it flow yeah these directors, they let they make people work too hard. You know, it's twelve hour days. Lance knows. You got to get the shot, Chris. Yeah, that's what La Chapelle said when he kept whipping me 
with that belt. Whoosh. The film is forever. No, you your like discomfort is like jeans. another three minutes. No, I mean, but it was yeah. There was a lot of the same people over and over and over again. Whoever the weirdest, smelliest looking, crusty people, they would have to make out in like a slow motion. That was like the, the <laughs> such a trope. And actually, there's you know, do you know that um that singer B? It's like Biba Doobie. Yeah, sure. Have you heard of her? Yeah, yeah, the new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has this new video that I was watching. I was talking to Snail Mail about it a, a couple days ago. And the video is basically like a replica of videos that happened, you know, 20 years ago. Right. And it's sort of like art direction, like shot for shot replica of Papa Roach, my uh, last resort video. Oh. And it reminded me, I was like, oh, wow. Hopefully this fucked up style of music video creation comes back because I haven't seen a video where it's just like. Here, just a bunch of like cool 19 year olds jumping around yeah you know that hasn't happened so what is the current state of music videos it's like beyonce gets a million bucks everybody else gets five thousand it's more like that i did a thing for george harrison for uh that song my sweet lord oh baby oh i know yeah 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 for the for the reissue right yeah and so we got to have like a a proper budget for that and the people at universal were kind of saying like wow this is it's been a long time since we've made like a, you know, a video on this scale. You're like this is great, Lance. Happy to have you back. Bro. I haven't seen you since 99. <laughs> no. I mean, when Chris said so Beyonce gets a million dollars and everyone else goes 5 grand, you know, back then a million dollars was low, you know? There, yeah, for like a, you know, like a hit single off of a major label leading track that they knew that they're going to be working to radio and TRL and all that, they would spend mm-hmm. 500,000 to a million on on those sort of things. Um so yeah, those days are largely gone. Uh but for these like smaller artists if they spend five to twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars making a cool video, they get to monetize it on YouTube, mm-hmm. or at least you know the label that funded it does, or whatever. Yeah. And then it, it helps them to kind of like stand out to get a billing on a festival or go do a weekend yeah, of shows. No, I, and I think they're still, I think they're still quite like use, useful. Yeah, you know, I think more people see them now than they used to. Yeah, that's a, no, you're absolutely right. That's a good point. Yeah, because I mean, YouTube's free and and Spotify and Apple Music, you got to pay. You know, that's yeah. a good point. I, I mean, I see there's plenty of people that just like by habit make a playlist in YouTube of whatever the video content is, whether it's an actual music video or just a lyric video or mm-hmm. a visualization or whatever, and that's how they listen to the songs they want to hear that day. Mm-hmm. They have a deep relationship with those videos. And you, and then you have the comment section, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's the most fun part. That's my favorite part of YouTube. That's my most favorite This song <laughs> sucks. Uh, that's, my, that's my favorite. Well, you know, for every, for every terrible comment like that, there's there's sometimes there are these beautifully well written comments of like yeah that's true here's why this Coldplay song changed my life or saved my marriage or whatever it could be you know no I I but there are you're absolutely right if you go through YouTube comments on on a, a music video they're like very emotional responses yeah often yeah. very emotional responses yeah uh, so what's up with Jackass bro like does it the shit it sounds like it popped off it went great like we got uh, Can you know you send us a screener yeah exactly. <laughs> It, I should let link? I should let your listeners know it's now available on digital formats and it's also available on that Paramount Plus network to stream if you have. Oh, that. perfect! Do it cost? I think if you have that uh, platform, you can watch it. Paramount Plus. You okay. know, you know that we don't have Paramount Plus, Lance. <laughs> Come on, grown ass man, Lance Bangs. I don't have Paramount iTunes Plus. iTunes or Amazon. It's 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 available digitally for you now. Okay, maybe I'll watch it on Amazon. Yeah, I mean, I kind of have to. I feel like it's yeah. my duty as an yeah. American. You got to stay up with the culture. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> actually is Jason's culture though. In a lot of ways, I feel like yeah, I feel like you're you're a pretty big jackass head, aren't you, Jason? I mean, I'm a prankster, sure. <laughs> <laughs> our friend, our fr- our friend Chris Chang. Chris Chang is you might know him. 
he was a legendary jackass fan, but he made himself, he was an extra in the film. Oh, right on. He willed himself to be in there. Yeah, he willed himself into it, which is which is an impressive... Yeah, I think impressive. he used Reiki to get in that film, actually. <laughs> there yeah, you exactly, go. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Did you guys do Did you guys do all the premieres and shit? Like, it was pretty normal. No, right? we, you know, normally we would have gone and done, like, a screening at Babylon in L.A., like, the kind of, like, new skate park that our friend Lee is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Lee. And we would have done, like, you know, we would have gone to, like, an old person's home and shown it to them and gone to, like, a paramedic's <laughs> firehouse and shown it to them and, like... <laughs> We kind of would tend to do that. Like we would go to like you know uh, Alcatraz. <laughs> it's so that's so Alcatraz. Yeah, you know. Waffle House. Yeah, like that's just like part of the good, the good times. Once you have a movie you're proud of and you want to like get that group experience of people laughing, like that was always a fun aspect of of rolling out the movies. And uh, we weren't able to do that because of COVID. And even like it was kind of touch and go about whether we could have a, a premiere. And so everyone that had worked so hard, it was a struggle to kind of get through all the COVIDness of everything while we shot. Like we. We did some tests in December 2019 to make sure is this still funny and compelling and you know feel good to watch mm-hmm. people who are like late 40s. You guys went to you guys went to a parking lot in Ontario, got some fucking shopping yep. carts and said we're <laughs> we're getting the band back together. Or is it going to look kind of like sad to see someone hurt their knee when they're 48 <laughs> years old and not Yeah, that, I guess funny. that part I didn't yeah. think sure. about. It. More yeah. so I was like, oh, yeah. are they just talking about like will this be Will I get canceled for doing this compared to, you know, right. the early days of CKY or something? Since when we start, started making this back in like, you know, 99 or 2000 and 2001 when the first stuff was going on, um, we've all started working with like a more diverse group of friends. And so we made that show Loiter Squad with the guys from Odd Future. And mm-hmm, so we kind of, mm-hmm. the people that we yeah, yeah. felt like could do jackass stunts from that crew, we kind of tried out or brought in. And uh, there's this woman, Natalie Palmitas and Courtney Peruso, they're sort of like performance artists in LA that are great. And Rachel Wolfson, who's a stand-up comedy that Knoxville was fond of, her comedy on Instagram. We just sort of like wove some of those like people in, and it was a great combination, and mm-hmm. and it just kind of added to everything. And that meant like the older guys were trying to like up their game to like not be replaced by some twenty-seven-year-old surfer. You sure. know, <laughs> I, I like that. I like I, I like the I, I like the idea of these guys. I like these idea of these guys. Like we invented this shit, but I'm not going to lose out to a twenty-seven-year-old. Exactly. Totally, it doesn't totally, yeah. You're like, bro, your name is the marquee name. I don't care. I'm not fucking doing. It. I'm jumping off the. No, building. I mean, like yeah. like you said, when you're forty-eight years old and you're like, I don't know if I want to really do all this crazy shit and then a 27 year old hot surfer guy's like i'll do it it's all good (laughs) and then you're like oh fuck i mean you know (laughs) it is a it is a little bit of a young man's game at the end of the day so the camaraderie was great everyone had a good time but then we got shut down for covid and and, you know it was that weird week in early march that you know tom hanks has got it in australia and a guy in the nba made a joke and now he has it like (laughs) where no one knew what was going to go on but we thought we would like take a break and be back in like 14 days and start shooting again but it turned into like maybe seven months of us being the guinea pigs of like because under paramount or viacom like they don't want to risk nicole kidman and find out that it's spreadable on a movie set but they could put us in a backyard and (laughs) begin to see like what what happens if we we lose if we lose steve-o we lose steve-o you know i don't know it's fine it's fine it's fine it it kind of felt like that so i think we were the first production to resume back up again (laughs) <laughs> we're not we don't actively want him to die but i like better him than nicole because who's gonna do those amc commercials if she goes you know what's 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 we man got coming up for 2023 because we could we could probably <laughs> after after he got passed for 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 cyrano you know he's it's been a little quiet for him <laughs> so we were mostly shooting outdoors and in backyards and not interacting with the public as much as we did so there are like fewer pranks on unsuspecting 
mm-hmm. public citizens because it was like right, right, right. riskier to to pull that off without you know having COVID tested them or whatever. Um, but we got through it, and then all the theaters were going to shut down. Like we thought it would come out in the fall of 2021, mm-hmm. and then the theaters were all kind of going dark when the Delta variant hit New York, and so. We kind of pushed it to February, and it, that's not like the best time for people to go see a movie. You know, all these things that like weren't sure, sure the the way we would have loved for it to normally happen in a, a conventional timeline. But it ended up coming out and getting like the best reviews of any of the movie of the whole series, and critical reevaluation from everyone. And it's like you know, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. And hey, these guys are actually art. You know, a lot of that, and mm-hmm. so audiences loved it. People were happy to go see it. It felt great to watch audiences like all laughing together in a public setting and yeah i, th- I think so great. many films really tried to like gan- take a gamble on the timing with like covid's in covid's out yeah. theaters are open theaters are closed again and so many releases got chewed up and spit out just like fucked up yeah and i really feel like of all the films it was kind of not funny or ironic but just kind of cool to see like whoever was in charge of this jackass film yeah and not like you know, some crazy like five hundred million dollar you know epic film. You timed that little double Dutch jump rope perfectly in the right window, and and did I guess keeping that in mind on the editing process, did it make you be like, now we really have to make this like an evergreen evergreen film because it really might need to come out in five years from now. That's a great question. That that's kind of weird. Like historically, Spike Jones and Jeff Tremaine and Knoxville are sort of like the the main brain trusts that you know are steering the ship on on these things, and mm-hmm. they tend to have like a fun hangout vibe at the edit room where like you know cast members are dropping in and looking at their footage or or pointing out a joke that someone else said from the peanut gallery that might work there. Chris Pontius had this great line as he was walking away. Let's find that and put it back in. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of look at the overall arc and you're like, okay, there's too many things in a row where someone's tripping or falling or you know there's like uh too many things that are like vulgar or cute or whatever in a row and you want to kind of like pace it so that people are if you know that people are going to get terrified when there's like a giant spider fang on a macro lens you take a break and go to something lighter with wee man in a costume after mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. of course of course um, spread it out so kind of finding that that balance and and featuring everyone at their best and you know making sure that someone doesn't disappear for 40 minutes of the movie and then oh i forgot that steve was in it you know like you got to keep them all peppered in in a way that like you feel the camaraderie and the so much more to consider in a jackass film in 2022 versus the first time you made it i'm assuming exactly yeah and i think some of that thoughtfulness is why the reactions and reviews and the the sense from the audience was Mm -hmm. so positive this time oh yeah what's that what's that Um, phrase it costs costs a lot of money or it takes a lot of time to look this cheap yeah (laughs) a lot of thought goes into making something that looks like it was just shat out by yeah 11 lunatics Uh, so i'm i'm proud of how it came out and happy and all the guys are in a good place and we got through it and again like no one got like uh severely injured we're <laughs> always happy to kind of like no one got push severely it, but, injured so that's great you know i mean like or plus. like you know they, they did but they got out of it like knoxville got pretty badly uh messed up but like recovered and, and is doing better and hopefully uh hopefully you know. friend of the show bam is, is on the mend a little bit things are going all right for him what do you think i believe from what i've heard from friends around him that he's like doing better and and has got some solid people around him and i'm, I'm pulling for him and love him and good and hope that at some point you know it'll be good to be around him again and mm-hmm. and yeah love the guy what a t- what a time though man that that era of mtv where it was 
Bam and the Osbournes and fucking yeah. Jason Dill was on the Osbournes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like that, that is a wild ass period of time to think about. Yeah. Like that is just a wild ass period. Cause I think skateboarding is bigger now than it was then, which sure. is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, cause it was, that was the first, I feel like that's the first time it was really exposed on like, every major outlet from, from like television and movies you yeah know? lance now since you're since you're such a a member of the the video format the visual arts how uh how's your relationship with with the audio format have you grown to are you kind of sniffing around in the podcasting space have you thought about getting into some audio only projects i guess i've made things that were audio based over the years that i've discreetly released under different names that i'm I learned like recording technology to do that and have always kind of enjoyed that aspect of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I'm traveling too much. And, and when I get wrapped up in a certain project, I'll focus all of my attention there and not be able to like book a guest to do a conversational podcast thing. So I like the format. I like long car rides with friends and long conversations, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't think it's for me to commit that like I, you know, this many days a week, I know I'm going to be at a laptop. Uh, that's right. Someone that it's I good. Yeah. to talk to. Jason does it three times a week, and he fucking yeah, hates right? it. But you know, this is what is what we signed <laughs> up for. So you know, what are you going to do? Well, sorry, real quick, was that like a super deliberate thing to like be more prolific and get more great guests by doing three a week? Nope, not Just at all. Happens. But but now we're 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 riding this horse off into the sunset. Yeah, you know, it's like it's. I mean, I at this point, it's like anything else though. You just get into it, and that's what you do, and so yeah. you just keep doing it. You know, you don't really think about it that much. Like last week, yeah, because of like. <clears throat> guest shuffling and shit we recorded four podcasts we did like two days with two podcasts back to back which is like a lot right but it's like it's fine if that's what diplo wants that's what you have to <laughs> exactly exactly we, yeah, you when, know the when, phrase when you a, a, a crazy person is somebody who does the same thing over and over again yeah wait, wait, what's that phrase expecting a different result expecting different <laughs> results that's the definition you know so my theory was like oh i'll try working hard at something right so that's 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 like this this project or this podcast has been an experiment in you know working very hard at something instead of just so, some people in the world might have different definitions of working hard. <laughs> <laughs> that is true but the, you know compared to my life before as sort of a dj layabout sure. where you just kind of like well it's time to go you know, no, de- Jason, you know work four hours a week or something right. from anthropology to uh music video extra to dj uh i mean <laughs> You've worked hard your whole life. I'm not going to let you slander yourself on this podcast. See, I mean, you're making my point. So, I mean, I was trying, I wanted to try something different and I don't want to work hard at something that isn't my own thing, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is sense. difficult. That is difficult. Um, Lance, thank you for, thank you for joining us on How Long Gone. Yeah. It was a pleasure, man. And, um, right on. We've been big fans for a long time. So it was nice to chat. And, uh, I didn't even really, I didn't fully understand like the Athens connection, which is pretty yeah. interesting. Which is a, a I still ni- get back there all the time. I'm I'm likely to be there in a couple of weeks. Nice layer to the cake. Uh, all right, man. Yeah. Well, and a, and a delight to hear that you listen to this show, Lance. Really, cool. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we love that. Uh, you got anything coming out you want to tell us about, or is it all TBD? No, there's some good stuff. Any any mystical projects that you're under a pseudonym that you want to not plug? <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, there's some good things that are emerging that are coming up that seem pretty solid. There's a I did a stand-up special for a, a performer named Moses Storm that's available on HBO Max right now. That oh, you did I'm happy that with that one? Yeah, I did that. Nice. And then the uh, the Jackass movie is out on all these like digital and streaming platforms right now. I'm about to go direct a special for a woman named Alyssa Limparis that uh, will be shooting for the Peacock okay. uh, streaming app. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think I'm doing stuff for a couple of different. 
bands for their records that are coming out that haven't quite been announced, but that within, I think by May, the, I'll, you know, people will notice. It'll all them. be, po- it'll yeah. all be popping. That's great, man. Lance, maybe you inspired me to hit the bong and watch Jackass forever tonight. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> making a nice short rib ragu. It's in the oven right now, Lance. You can smell it from here, can't you? It's a great ride, and, and you should see it while it feels like in this moment of everyone excited. Yeah, no, it. that's a good point. Copy that. That's a good point. Uh, Lance, appreciate you, uh, and we will talk soon. Right on. Take care. Thank you. Show you love that it won't take